You guys came on a really, really exciting day. Uh, this is Riley Pierce. Uh, she's been uh, coming to youth group since around the beginning of the year or so. Uh, she went with us to a CIY conference in Ohio. It's Christ in Youth, awesome organization. And she uh, had an awesome week, and God grabbed a hold of her. And just this last Friday night, she's like, Justin, I want to be baptized. And that is so awesome. Her fam baptized her later, um, and I'm so excited for that. And uh, not only are we going to do that, but today, as Matt said, is Senior Recognition Sunday. It's the day where we celebrate what the seniors have done so far in their lives and their high school career, and we also encourage them as they move forward, taking their next steps in their life. And so today, we have six graduating seniors, and this is a very special group. I'm really proud of these guys. Uh, they are servant-hearted, they are excited to be a part of the kingdom of God, and they are going to do some great things. And instead of starting off, just right off the bat, sharing wisdom with them, uh, a lot of the students were able to come together, uh, film themselves reading uh, a truth from scripture that they're able to take hold of and carry with them into their next steps. And so instead of us sharing wisdom with them, they're going to share wisdom with us to start us off today. So... Uh, go ahead, check out this video, and then we'll keep on going. So seniors, when I call your name, come on up to the, to the big stage, because there's uh, going to be too many people on stage for just that small little thing. So we have Brody Ackerman, grad, who graduated. We got Travis Michael, Tanner Mullen, Mackenzie Sturk. And Rose Wilcox and Kirsten Woodstra. So you guys can come on up, as well as uh, your prayer partners that are going to pray for you today. You guys can come up on stage as well. But these guys are, like, awesome. Seriously awesome people. I'm really proud of them. Uh, every one of them is a servant. Uh, sorry, I'm, like, right in the way. Uh, every one of them is a servant, and uh, I know that God is going to do some awesome things for them uh, and with them in the future. So here, take a Bible, pass it on down. I, Guys, I'm so proud and so thankful that God uh, has let me be a part uh, of your guys' life for just a short time, uh, but it has really blessed me. And uh, as a gift uh, from the church... We want to give you these study Bibles, these NIV study Bibles. Uh, they are going to be uh, a, an incredible resource for you guys. Uh, they have maps, they have references, they have uh, different out, outside sources from the Bible that help you understand what's going on in, in the historical context and stuff. So these are incredible tools that will help you dig deeper and get closer to Jesus while doing that. I do recommend, since they're so big, having like a smaller Bible on hand uh, to read with you, carry around with you. But these are awesome tools. I hope that you appreciate them as much as I have. I've actually, I used Tanner's uh, in our small group uh, like five times already. So it's a great resource. Use it. Um, these people who are up there with him, with these guys, uh, are their prayer partners. And along with many of you in the church, you guys have been praying for these students all year long, and uh, we're going to give them an opportunity to pray over them uh, in front of you guys, and as they are praying, join in with them. Lift, them. lift these students up in prayer as they take their next steps into their future so that God can do incredible things. So, Lori, you can go ahead and start. 
And then once you're done, just pass on down the line. And then Mike Boomis is going to close us out. Heavenly Father, we come before you with thanksgiving. Thank you for Rose. Thank you for being her rock and salvation. As Rose prepares for and begins her studies at Hope College soon, I pray that she will have an absolute trust in you at all times. I pray that she will fear you and depend on you for her every need, knowing you are there holding her with her your everlasting arms. Would you please continue to bless and guide Rose continually, Lord, as she seeks to live each day to praise you and bring you glory. May your name be praised now and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. Father God, we lift up Tanner. We thank you for his life, how much he means to so many people in this world. God, we ask you to continue to bless him, bless his walk with you. I pray that he would increase in stature, in wisdom, in faith. And Lord, that he would continue to be willing to use the gifts that you've blessed him with to make you known and to advance your kingdom. God, we just pray that uh, he goes into this world as, as salt and light. And Lord, I pray that uh, he remains faithful to the plan and purpose you have for his life. May you continue to bless him, bless his path, and those that he encounters. In your name, Jesus. Father, thank you so much for Mackenzie. And uh, God, I just pray that you would um, continue to help her to trust in you. And um, God, thank you for uh, just your presence in her life. Um, God, I pray that uh, no matter um, through the good times or the bad times, God, that um, she would search you out and look for you um, to guide her. And um, Father, just uh, continue to bless her life and um, help her to look to you through everything. God, um, Thank you so much for Kurt Kirsten, Lord. Um, love this girl so, so, so much. And I just enjoyed praying for her for over four years. Um, and that is not going to stop anytime soon. Um, God, I just ask that uh, you just surround her with goodness. And that, Lord, that you just bring people in her life that love you. People that will uh, give her, you know, just sound and godly advice. God, I ask that you... Uh, Oh, Lord, that you just remind her of who she is in you and whose she is. God, uh, help her to just have strength to um, stand up for what she believes in, um, to stand up in, you know, for her faith in you, especially, Lord, when she comes across those people that um, are going to challenge that faith, and they will come. Um, God, I just asked, uh, oh, Lord, that you just... Um, just protect her, put a hedge of protection around her, the people that come in her life, Lord. Be with her when she's laughing her face off. Be with her when the tears come, because they will come. And God, just always remind her that um, she belongs to you. It's in your name I pray. Lord, I thank you so much for Travis. The joy he is in my life and just uh, how proud I am of him, just the young man that he has become. And I pray that you would continue to just uh, lead him in every way, continue to just shine your face on him, um, go before him, clear the path for him, uh, come up behind him and be on his sides to protect and encourage. Lord, I pray that you would pour your spirit through him. I pray that you would continue to give him the same perseverance that he has uh, shown in 
different things like football or wrestling uh, and academics that he would, uh, you know, that really a zeal for your house, for your father's house would consume him and that he would just continue to grow in his love of you. That would give him just a clear vision of uh, the direction you're calling him to. I pray that you would protect him, Lord. We, we just summon your angels to stand guard against him and to continue to protect him. I pray that you continue to give him eyes to see and ears to hear just uh, the things that you're saying, that he would have a real hunger for you. And Lord, we do pray that uh, you, uh, by your spirit, would make him strong and courageous and that he would just lean on you um, at all times. Um, thank you, Lord, that, uh, that you're with him always and that you have great plans for Travis. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Lord, I just lift Brody up to you right now, Lord. I just, uh, first of all, I'm just so thankful to be able to have the relationship with him and just watch him grow up, watch him grow as a man, into a man. And Lord, that uh, just the spiritual gifts that you bestowed upon him, Lord, we just uh, think about his uh, gift of giving and just how unique that is and, and continue to just ask that you be glorified through him, Lord. And also, Lord, that you would just give him uh, wisdom and direction on the next steps that he takes in his life, Lord, that he would look to you for, for all things, for all wisdom, for um, just just for everything, Lord. So um, we just thank you and we love your name, we pray. Amen. Father God, behold these sons and daughters with whom we are well pleased. God, I just pray that your spirit would fill them, that they would walk in your word, that you would align their hearts and their minds for the purposes that you have for their lives. God, we are thankful for parents who trained them up in the way that they should go for other family members and relationships that have poured into these lives. Thank you so much, God, for the faithfulness of your body. I pray that they will always feel a connection to you and always feel a connection to you through this church body. God, I pray that we'll continue to lift them up uh, beyond this day. And I pray that we'll continue to be available to them uh, to help them uh, go through uh, the good times and the bad times that are ahead of them. Lord God, we know you have great plans and purposes for them. I pray uh, that their faith may increase, that they would walk in the way that you have established for them. God, bless them, bless their lives, and bless their families. Jesus, in your name we pray. Amen. I love what Laura said in her prayer that um, just because you graduated high school, prayers are not going to stop. Your involvement in this church is not going to stop. You are the kingdom of God, and your life is just starting, and you're, you're just, you have so much in store for you, and we are so excited uh, that you have been a part of this church and that you're going to continue to be a part of the church wherever you end up. Uh, but we are so proud of you guys, for real. And I love how they were able to um, just share some of the truths that they've learned over the years um, and share them with us. And I think you guys chose some awesome verses, uh, very impactful. And if I may, which you don't really have a choice because I have the microphone, I'm going to share uh, one more truth with you guys. Uh, and it's a truth that I wish uh, that I was given right out of the gate. Uh, it's a truth that was shown to me just a couple of years ago uh, by a pastor in Arizona. His name's Ashley Wooldridge. He, he shared with me a lot of statistics and scriptures and, and different studies that have been done on this topic. Uh, 
And it is so, so cool. So I'm going to share all that with you today. Uh, and I hope it's as impactful as, uh, on you as it is in me. And as much as uh, the sermon is for you seniors, it might just be more impactful for the rest of us in the room. Because this guideline, this spiritual principle, is one that we've taught you to deliberately disobey. And so today is going to be a really, really fun day. I'm really excited to see what God does uh, and it is one of the single most important uh, guidelines given by God in all of Scripture. And if you can obey this guideline, God is going to bless you in ways you can't even imagine. And so, are you ready for it? <laughs> uh, if you have your Bible, let's go ahead and turn to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. And as you turn in there, I want to ask a few questions. Does anyone here ever feel tired just thinking about all you have to do the next week? Or does anyone go into work on Monday just as tired as you were when you left on Friday? Yeah, oh my gosh, that's me sometimes. Uh, Do you ever feel guilty not checking your emails for a day? Or do you even like feel guilty about even just taking a day off from work? If you answered yes to any of those questions, this sermon is for you. And it's as much for you as it is for me because at different times in my life, I have struggled with this guideline. And I think we all have. There was a a study done by the Society of Human Resources that says 70% of Americans feel that they need to extend their week to the full seven days just to get done what they need to get done. And so maybe that's you. You feel like you just need more time to get everything done that's on your to-do list. So no matter if you're a student, a teacher, a businessman or woman, a factory worker, a handyman, a stay-at-home parent, a pastor, there is always more to be done. There's always another project, another assignment, another thing to clean or organize. There's always more to do. And I think... If we were honest with ourselves, a lot of us would describe our lives at times as restless. We feel like there's nothing, nothing is ever completely done. There's always just this huge project looming over me. There's so much I need to do. And if there's, if we're really honest with ourselves, we would say that, we would know that these feelings of, of restlessness are rooted in our fear of falling behind. Our fear of falling behind. So if you're married, if you have a boyfriend, uh, are you doing enough to keep that other person happy and content and with you? Uh, If you're a student, are you doing enough to keep that GPA high enough so that you can get into that school? And if you're a parent of a student, it's not good enough anymore to just have the good GPA. They have to be involved in all the community and extracurricular activities, so you're driving them everywhere. Are they involved in enough things? If you're an employee, are you doing enough to make your your, your boss happy uh, so you can keep your job so that you can maybe even get a raise in your job so that you can uh, afford that house, afford that car, afford to provide for your family? If you're a business owner, are you doing enough to make your employees happy to stay with you? Are you doing enough to have good profit margins at the end of the quarter? We all feel the fear of falling behind, and it leads to restlessness and this deep and heavy anxiety. And I think if we just took a step back 
from everything, we looked at it from a bird's eye view, we would be really confused. We'd be really confused on why we feel so restless. Because we live in the wealthiest country to ever exist. And yet we wonder if we have enough. We live longer than anyone else in the world, and yet we wonder if we have enough time to do things. And we have more time-saving devices, like what used to take 30 minutes to bake a pizza, restaurants can do it in under three minutes. And so why is this feeling of restlessness such an issue? Why, why do we all feel this? Like, what is behind it all? And I think it's because we have totally disregarded one of the most important commandments in all of Scripture. And so if, you, if you're in Exodus 20, you see the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments uh, are some of the most important guidelines that God has given to us so that we can live a blessed life, to live the best life. Uh, however, these Ten Commandments weren't given as the way to salvation. We know that it is uh, salvation is a gift from God through faith in Jesus. When we repent of our sins, we confess Jesus as our Lord, and we get baptized like Riley's going to do uh, in just a little while. We know that that is salvation, not following a bunch of rules. But these, these Ten Commandments, they were given to the Israelites to show them how they, or, or we, should interact with God and interact with other people so that we could live the best life. So these Ten Commandments, we shouldn't view them as, as legalism, but God gave them to us so that we could live a blessed life. But as Christians, we live as if there's only nine of them. You know, only one God, oh yeah, totally. Don't, no idols, don't dishonor God's name. We skip number four. Honor your father and mother, don't murder, no adultery, don't steal, don't lie, don't covet what, what doesn't belong to you. Yes, amen, I totally agree. But we totally skip over Number four, we feel guilty about breaking these nine, but most of us would say we don't really feel guilty about breaking number four. What is it? It says every seven days you must take one day off from work. You know, some of us, we've seen counselors uh, for breaking nine of these, you know, but when was the last time you heard of anyone going in, seeing their counselor, just feeling all distraught? They're like, oh, counselor, I, I feel so bad. I forgot to take a day off from work last week. Like, no, no, we agree, we agree with the great philosopher Madonna. I'll rest when I'm dead. I'm hungry and life is short. I'm an American. I'm going to pull myself up by my bootstraps. I'm getting to work. I work hard. I earn everything I have. So not only do we not feel guilty about breaking this commandment, but we celebrate it. You know, we wear it like a badge of honor. Like, man, I haven't taken a day off from work in six weeks. It's like, man, that guy, that guy's a hard worker. He knows what's up. But would we do that with adultery? <laughs> man, I've cheated on my wife six weeks in a row. No! Like, that's ridiculous, right? But why do we do it with the fourth commandment? What if many of us are so restless because we've completely ignored God's design for rest. I mean, think about it. The creator of the universe gave his people the top ten guidelines to live life and live a great life, and in it he included, thou shalt taketh a day off it. <laughs> if you guys put together the top ten for all humanity, I, I'm 
confident that we would not include this. We would say, go, work hard, earn what you can do. But think about it. Taking a day off, the Sabbath day, is the longest commandment of all ten. And it's one of the only ten uh, that if you break it, you deserve to die. Say Johnny, you know, he went to the store, he stole something. He's like, hey, Dad, sorry, I stole this. Johnny, go give it back. But say Johnny forgot to take a day off from work. Bring him here. We got to kill him. It's like, maybe there's something that we're missing with this commandment. We, we don't kill people for breaking this commandment. But what if we're killing ourselves? So let's go ahead. We'll read Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11. Uh, and we'll talk about like what the commandment is, uh, how we should follow it, and, and why we should follow it. Uh, but we're going to spend most of our time talking about why. But let's go ahead and read. It says, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. And that word holy, it means set apart or, or uncommon. And so make one day unlike the other days. And that word Sabbath uh, just means to cease or to stop. And so a more modern translation, because uh, we don't use the word Sabbath really very often, is remember the stopping day by keeping it holy. Remember to keep it uncommon or unlike the rest of us. And so that's simply it's the commandment. That's what it is. Uh, but how do we do it? He says, six days you shall labor and do all your work. You know, I, I did some research and I found that the word all in Hebrew um, it means all. <laughs> do all your work uh, in those six days. Um, but on the seventh day, that's a Sabbath to the Lord your God. So you're like, wait, God, I'm, I'm kind of confused. Like, what do you mean? He goes on to clarify, on it, say it with me, on it you shall not do any work. And God is so smart. And he knows that we love to find these little loopholes and, and rules. And so he goes on to say who this applies to. He says, on it you shall not do any work, neither you. So you don't do any work. No checking emails, no answering phones on your day off. Uh, but so God, like say hypothetically, you know, I'm not supposed to work on the Sabbath day. I get that. On the seventh day, I get it. Uh, but what if I had my kids check my email because they got this big project going on at work and I really need to know what's going on. So God says, no, nor your son or daughter. Like, okay, okay. Uh, what, what if, God, I hire someone to work all seven days for me, right? So then he's like, nor your male servant. It's like, okay, so guys, I can't hire, but girls, uh, I can because they're more organized anyway. So that works. He's like, or your female servant. You're like, okay. Oh, God, I have this dog, and he is so smart. Like, I could get him to run a message to my boss, and that could work. He lives just right around the corner. It's not very far. It says, nor your animals. It's like, oh, man, God. He's saying all of creation should take a day off from work. And this is so important to God. So why he include this commandment in the top ten for all humanity? Because maybe there's something to it. So back in the gold rush, uh, there were people from the East Coast traveling all the way to the West Coast. And remember back then, they didn't have cars, they didn't have planes, and so they would hop in their wagon, pulled oftentimes by animals like horses, ox, donkeys, whatever they had, uh, and they would start the trek to California so that they could get rich. 
And time and time again, this is very interesting, time and time again they found that those who traveled six days and didn't travel a single mile on the seventh day, they rested their animals, rested themselves, kind of got recuperated, they got to California faster than those who traveled all seven days. Isn't that interesting? Maybe there's something to this commandment that we don't uh, don't recognize. So you're like, okay, God, I get that we're supposed to all take a day off, uh, but but what if I hire someone from another country? And they already work all seven days. God, I don't want to break up their routine. And, oh, God, God, on the, t- on the seventh day, I'll pay them five, no, no, ten times their wages on the seventh day. Surely, God, you're okay with that. They're going to get a ton of money. Nor any foreigner residing in your towns. There is no one who this rule doesn't apply to. Now, what I want to be careful about uh, is becoming legalistic about this commandment. Um, Jewish leaders for thousands of years, they have been arguing and so legalistic about this topic for thousands of years. And in the New Testament, Jewish leaders argue with Jesus over the Sabbath day more than any other topic. And say there's, they were so passionate about this one commandment that they made these insane rules that a lot of them, honestly, are still around today. So I went to Israel a couple of years ago, and our tour guide, uh, he's been a Christian his whole life. His name's Tony. And Tony was telling us of a time when he was younger uh, how he would hire himself out to these Jews on Saturdays, their Sabbath day, uh, and go into their homes and turn on lights when they entered the room and turn off lights when they left. Because according to Jews, if you turned on a light, that's work. And what's crazy is he would even have to go to the fridge and open it for them. Because remember, there's a light in the fridge. And so anytime they were hungry, he would go, he'd open the fridge for them. And they'd get their food and go on with their lives. But what's crazy is they would pay him so much money for it. He said that he made more money on Saturdays helping people turn on lights, turn off lights, than he did in his normal job. And so we, we don't want to be that. <laughs> we don't want to be legalistic. But we also don't want to give ourselves license to break this commandment. And so how do we live in that balance of those two, um, two things? I think that understanding why God gave us this commandment will help us do that. And so God, he gives us two reasons why this commandment is so important. One is practical and one is spiritual. But first, the practical one, he says that God gives us uh, the Sabbath practically for our rest. Very simple. In verse 11, it says, For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Have you ever wondered... Like, why did God rest? Did he, was he tired? Like, did he actually need to rest? Absolutely not. Isaiah 40, verse 28 says that God never grows weary. He never sleeps. So he wasn't tired. So why, why would God do that? Why would he rest? It was for you. It was for me. He knew that we would have such a hard time obeying this commandment that he decided to model it out for us. 
Mark, uh, in Mark 2, verse 27, Jesus said that Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. And so God knew that we would have to rest. Because if we burn our candle at, at both ends, we know that we can't last. And if you guys have kids, you totally understand this. So at bedtime, kids hate going to bed on time, right? They come up with all these different crazy excuses not to go to bed. And if your kids are like my son Parker, um, he loves to just try to make up any rule or any, any excuse not to go to bed. So every night before bed, we read his, his Bible with him. And uh, he knows that I love to read his Bible with him. And so he asks to read another story. Uh, another story. Five stories. God, uh, Dad, let's read five stories. He didn't say that because he's two. But that's what he, he's, he's communicating. Uh, so I have to be the dad that says, no, son, no more reading the Bible. <laughs> let's go to bed. Because I know that the next day, if he doesn't get his rest, man, he is worthless and cranky and just a bear. Guys, that's us too. If we disobey this commandment, we are saying, like, Dad, let's read five more Bible stories. Let's, let's not go to bed on time. We're being childish. Because if God rested on the seventh day and we don't, that's essentially saying that we're as strong as God. We're stronger than God. Like, how immature is that, right? And so we should follow the Sabbath practically for our rest because that's the God designed us. He, desi- he didn't design us to go... 24-7 all the time. No, he designed us so that we could take a break. So that's the practical reason. But God also gives a spiritual reason. Uh, and, he, and he finishes uh, the commandment in verse 11. And he says, Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. The Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. That word blessed in Hebrew means to evoke divine favor and to fill with strength. Isn't that what you want? Isn't that what you want for your life? Do you understand like what God is saying? He's saying that he blessed a day, and if you take that day off, you'll be blessed with God's divine favor and with his strength. You'll be filled with God's strength. That's the spiritual reason. He, he gives us the Sabbath so that he could bless our lives. But we struggle believing that. We say, no, 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 God, I have so much to do on my to-do list. Like, you don't understand. There's, this, there's ten projects at work that are going on, and I just feel like I'm all out of sorts, and there's so much to do with these things. But God is saying, no, no, no. You can do more in six days than you can in seven. You can do more in six days than you can in seven. It's like, well, God, that doesn't make any sense. God's truths are bigger than us. And it's just like the tithe. Ask anyone who tithes the 10%. God promises that he can make 90% go farther than you can make 100% go. God says you could do more in six days than you can in seven on your own. And what's incredible is that every scientific study done on this topic agrees with what God has said for thousands of years. So there was uh, a Stanford University, they did this study, uh, and they said that people 100% of the time will be more effective 
and get more things done in six days than in seven. And so they, they, the study released, they found that productivity sharply declines. Listen to this. Once the work week exceeds 50 hours. And so if you're working 50 to 60 hour work weeks, 90% of the time, you're going to be working on all seven days. And so they also found that levels of productivity plummet so dramatically after 55 hours of work per week that it's not even worth working after that point. People who work uh, 70 or more hours a week actually get the same or less done than those who work 55 hours or less. Isn't that interesting? Why is that? Because God designed us not to work all seven days, but to take a break. To take a break every once in a while, every seven days. God designed us to take a day off so that we could be more productive in six days than in seven days. And we have one of the greatest examples of this right down the road. My home away from home, Chick-fil-A. Man, I love Chick-fil-A. It's my favorite place, uh, favorite fast food by far. And honestly, I'd rather go to Chick-fil-A than like Applebee's and stuff like that because it's just so good. And it never fails. The day I want it the most is the day they're closed. Like, why? Why Chick-fil-A? Why would you do that? Well, they actually, they tell you on their website. Like, you guys can go look at it for yourself. They say, we take Sundays off so that our employees can rest and worship. But how stupid of them, right? Because Sundays are the number one day for fast food restaurants worldwide. And it's not even close. More people go to fast food restaurants on Sundays than any other day. So how stupid of them to close on the number one day for fast food places. Like, right? That's, that's a terrible business model. But guess where they rank worldwide in revenue per store per year? Number one, and it's not even close. It's not even close. At, sitting at number one, we got awesome Chick-fil-A. Oh, they bring in $4 million per store per year. Second place, they got Jason's Deli. I don't even know what that place is, but it must be good. I don't know. 2.6 million, that's pretty good. They got Whataburger. Who here has eaten at a Whataburger before? Yeah, they're mostly down south. It's pretty good. Uh, has anyone ever had a honey butter chicken biscuit? No? Oh my gosh. Next time you're down south, go to a Whataburger for breakfast and get a honey butter chicken biscuit. They're amazing. That's probably why they're at number three. Uh, number four, we got Panera. Probably because they, they sell a bowl of soup for $11. And then we got McDonald's at number five because it's just quick and easy. So how in the world does a, a fast food restaurant who closes on the number one day for fast food restaurants end up number one and so far beyond the competition? Because God has blessed the Sabbath day. His hand of blessing is on them because they take a day off. It doesn't make any sense. Like literally zero sense that that is how that works out. But God's blessing trumps our understanding. And I'm okay with that. Remember, it's just like the tithe. God can make 90% go so much farther than we can make 100% go on our own. 
God makes us more productive in six days than we can be in seven days on our own. And isn't that what you want for your life? Wouldn't you rather go forward knowing that you're operating under the divine blessing and favor and strength of God instead of your own? Isn't that like what you really want for your life? Guys, I can't stress enough how important this principle is. It has single-handedly saved our family from running ourselves into the ground. It has kept Cheyenne, Cheyenne and I's relationship strong. It has kept my connection with my kids strong. And we have a very healthy family because God has blessed the Sabbath day. And so to close out, I want to get super practical and kind of personal with you. I want to show you how we play this principle out in the Odell house. And so here, here's our seven days. Um, we are able to take our, our Sabbath on Friday because Sundays are crazy days. They're awesome. Uh, but Sundays are work days. We're here. We're working at church. And then we get a little break. And then we got to ramp back up for high school worship um, on Sunday nights. Mondays is a lot of meetings and a lot of administration and communication stuff. Uh, Tuesdays is a lot of lesson writing and, and preparation for small group. And then we have small group on Tuesday nights. Uh, Wednesdays is a lot of preparation for junior high ministry. We have junior high ministry on Wednesday nights. Thursdays, more lesson writing, more meetings, more running around and crazy stuff. Friday, I'll skip over that for a sec. Saturdays, was a lot of preparation for Sundays. We prep for high school. We do, we go to different students' events. We go to different church events. There's just so much that we pack into our week. But Fridays are good days. Every day is a good day, but Fridays, man, we look forward to Fridays. Because uh, on Fridays, we try to focus on three things. God, relationships, and rest. God, relationships, and rest. Man, Cheyenne is so awesome to me. Uh, on Fridays, she lets me sleep in a little bit. She takes the kids. They wake up crazy early because kids are crazy. Uh, and she lets me sleep in. And after I wake up, you know, I take my time. I spend more extended time in devotions, uh, reading God's word and in prayer. And I love that time. And then the whole rest of the day, the rest of the day is about family. Spending time with our kids, spending time with each other. Uh, we'll even throw in, you know, uh, a game night or two with our friends or with some students. Like, we just, we love Fridays. But Fridays don't work for everyone. What day works best for you? I highly encourage making it the day you go to worship on Sundays. You're already, a lot of you are with your families. Uh, you spent the whole morning worshiping, which is part of the reason why God gave us the Sabbath. And the whole rest of the day, man, make it about rest and relationships. Rest and relationships. Um, but you might be wondering, like, what are you supposed to do? <laughs> what do you do on the Sabbath? Like, you can turn on lights. It's totally okay. God's not going to smite you. But what do you do on your day off? I think a better question is what do you not do on your day off? What do you not do on your day off? Ashley Woldridge, he has this awesome quote, which is going to be our main point. So remember this quote. It's so good. Don't take your day job into your day off. And what he means by that is don't do anything related to the way you make your income on your day off. Don't do anything that's related to the way you make your income on your day off. And so if you're a teacher, no teaching. <laughs> 
No lesson planning, no grading. If you're a student, no homework or, or studying. Uh, if you're an office worker, no looking at or responding to emails. If you work on cars, don't work on cars. Don't look at parts. If you're a sales, uh, salesman or saleswoman, no answering phones or calling people on your day off. Like You get the idea. Don't take your day job into your day off. And if you're a stay-at-home parent, don't take care of your kids on one day. No, no that is a total joke. Take care of your kids. Um, but maybe don't do some of the chores around the house. Don't do dishes on Sundays, if that's your day. Don't do laundry. Don't, I mean, you can sweep, I guess. I don't know. God's not going to kill you in. But um, just make it about God, relationships, and rest. A great tip uh, to close out that I heard is that if you work mostly with your mind, rest with your hands. If you, re- if you work with your hands, rest with your mind. And so me, I, I work with my mind all the time. Uh, you know, I'm writing lessons, I'm studying, I'm shepherding, I'm being with people all the time. And that's tiring on my mind. And so what I do on my day off is I work with my hands. I rest with my hands. I mow the yard. I help Cheyenne do the things that she's not doing on her Sabbath, the, the dishes, the laundry, all that stuff. I help her do that. If you work with your hands, if you're, uh, if you lay flooring, if you are a handyman, if you're a carpenter, electrician, mechanic, plumber, like whatever it is you do with your hands, rest with your mind. Read a book. Do some studying. Maybe spend a lot of time with people. Just remember, don't take your day job into your day off. And all of this, all of this that we've talked about, it begs the question, do you trust God? Do you trust God? Seniors, will you trust God's design for your life and for your body and just take a day off? Take a day off every seven days. Everyone in the room, will you commit to taking a day off every seven days? Because it's paramount not only to your body's health, but your relationships with God and with other people. I'll ask again, wouldn't you rather go forward in life knowing that you're operating under the divine favor and strength of God rather than operating under your own power? Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Let me pray for us. God, you are so good to us. You know us so well. You know our bodies. You know what we need. And you have given us this amazing commandment. But God, we struggle with it. We struggle trusting that you know our bodies. You know what we need. You know how to live the best life. So God, help us in our unbelief. Help us in our distrust. Help us to take a day off. God, we know it's paramount. We know why you gave it to us. So God, help us to follow your design. Because God, you created us. You know what's best. Father, as we uh, head into the week, help us remember not to take our day job into our day off. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Justin.